welcome to Unscripted with Pastor Nate Morris. Here, each week we engage in candid conversations with Nate, focusing in on some of the subjects brought up in the Sunday morning teaching shared at Mountain Life Calvary Chapel. Have you ever felt like you're missing some satisfaction in life? Have you ever wished you could be a stronger follower of Jesus? These are some common issues Christians have. In this episode of Unscripted, we discuss how to find the satisfaction and strength we need as we seek to follow Jesus. Let's join the discussion now. All right, welcome to Unscripted with Pastor Paul Hammontree and Nate Morris. Yeah. Um, I get to do a little bit of reverse role this week because uh, Pastor Paul gave the message at church this past Sunday. So I'm excited to test my interviewing skills. <laughs> Although Paul said that he may flip, flip, turn, flip, flip the turntables or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> flip script. Isn't, isn't that a, isn't that like a, like a Bible reference? Maybe. Oh, turning the tables. About that? I never thought of it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So, okay. So here's the part that I was most excited about though, was Ooh. asking the goofy question at the front of the interview. <laughs> Wait, so, are you calling my questions goofy? Well, mine are, I don't know if yours are <laughs> or not, but mine are. So here's my question for you, Paul. Mm-hmm. Where does prune juice come from if prunes are actually dried plums? Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. That one's just been bothering me. That's actually, that actually has nothing to do with our study today. <laughs> I stopped doing drugs That's just many, been... many years ago, so I don't know if I can handle a question that deep. <laughs> okay. No, sorry. That, that one was just bothering me. So really, here's, here's the question. Here's the question. Oh, <laughs> what was the most full that you've ever been oh, after a meal? Yeah. What did you eat and where did you eat oh, it? Oh, yeah. It's definitely Thanksgiving. Definitely turning the thankfulness of just thanking the Lord for his goodness into a sin of gluttony, I think, many times. <laughs> but yeah, it would definitely okay. be a, a Thanksgiving meal uh, to identify one of them. I don't know if I could, but uh, I think uh, I remember one where I think my mom made a pumpkin cheesecake and so i was already super full from the meal itself and then the pumpkin cheesecake i just kept eating that more than i should have and to the point of pain from what i can remember oh man yeah crazy yeah i i make that mistake a number of times and it's funny because now that i can't taste anymore i still do that sometimes where I eat too much. Okay. <laughs> like I just eat too fast. Yeah. I think like, I don't give my stomach right. a chance to tell me, Hey, that's enough. Like, I'm just like, rah, 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 yeah. rah, rah. <laughs> totally. That was my, my problem was specifically when I was in college. And shortly after that, um, this friend of mine and I would always go to Chili's. We'd go sit down and eat at Chili's, whatever, you know, we'd get like a burger or something like that, but we'd always order chips and salsa first. Mm. And they have that like bottomless chips and salsa oh, yeah. chilies. And it's those little thin, they're thin, like super crispy chips with lots of salt and their salsa is pretty, like pretty decent. And so I would sit there and just pig out on that stuff. And exactly what you're talking about. I would eat so many chips. By the time we got our food, we would have gone through like two baskets of chips. Oh yeah. And then the food comes and I don't feel full yet because just been sitting there like kind of plowing chips and then you eat your food and you're like, oh, 
just totally yeah. stuffed afterwards. I can but, remember Olive Garden a couple times. Same thing. Like they give you the free breadsticks and salad ahead of time. Yeah. And then now they have the bottomless pasta. Like you can yeah. eat as much pasta I as you want. I haven't tried that. Maybe if I ever run a marathon uh, yeah. again, I'll the night before I'll go do that. Go carb load. Carb load. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Well, the message this week was about being filled with the Holy Spirit and living in that place of just fullness mm. of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to dig into that a little bit today. Um, and, you know, in, in Ephesians, the, the verse that we're reading, it says, don't be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And really talking about what it really gave us back in Ephesians chapter three, when it said that we can be filled with all the fullness mm. of God. Um, that that is kind of the state that as Christians we should desire is being full of God and full of the spirit. It's what enables us to live the life that God has called us to. Mm -hmm. And here, um, in Ephesians chapter five, Paul, um, gave us some, well, Paul, the apostle, not Paul, the pastor, <laughs> um, but Paul, the pastor illuminated what Paul, the apostle gave us <laughs> Paul. in Ephesians. Yeah. The Paul's both Paul's. Um, gave us some comparisons between being full of alcohol and being full of the spirit or full of God. Um, and so the verse there was, don't be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. And so Paul, you did a great job breaking these two things down and bringing that contrast there of the, the contrast between being drunk with wine and being filled with the spirit. So we're going to talk about these couple of things today. And then whenever you're flipping the tables on me, then we'll just see, <laughs> we'll see. what that's be about. Subtle. I don't know. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, let's start with the first one. Don't be drunk with wine. Why do you think he gives us that instruction, Paul? Yeah. I mean, like what he says there is because it's dissipation, you know, it's a, it's a waste. It's uh, you know, and I, I think a lot of times the issue with that is the need we have when we get drunk is real and it's not sinful. It's not wrong. Uh, there's something that we're lacking that we go to alcohol to satisfy that need and, and fill that need. And I think that he, he could have picked a lot of different things. And I think elsewhere in scripture, we can find lots of different places where it talks about, you know, having our judgment impaired by different things but he specifically points out wine here because I think it was a problem back in that culture, just as it is today, that a lot of times people will go to uh, getting drunk uh, with alcohol as a way to deal with uh, satisfying a lack that they have in their life. And he's saying, don't do that because that's a waste, dissipation, you know, that that's a waste of... Um, of your energy and your time and everything. And we went through in the study and talked about just different ways that that can be a waste, you know, and just wasting this life, this blessing that God has given us of life, which is to be a blessing to us and a blessing to others. And kind of the reverse happens when we get drunk, we end up hurting ourselves and we end up hurting others. Yeah, that's so true. Um, now you actually kind of touched on my second question for you. And, and I, I guess, it leads well into my second question, which is what is it that you think people are looking for in getting drunk? What do you think? So, I mean, he, he's, he's being very specific here. Now there's all kinds of things we could apply to this verse. 
that have nothing to do with alcohol as well, but mm -hmm. there's something that he's getting at here. What do you think people are looking for in that choice to get drunk? Yeah, I think, you know, specifically, uh, they'd be looking for, I think that, you know, probably what's going through his mind as the Holy Spirit is inspiring <laughs> him to write this is you know, the things that the Holy Spirit would give us. If we were filled with the Holy Spirit, um, we would receive those things, but we look to, you know, getting drunk, you know, uh, as a way to gain some of these things that the Holy Spirit wants to give us. You know, one of the big ones that Jesus said the filling of the Holy Spirit would give us is power from heaven. I think that a lot of people, that's why they get drunk, uh, because they're looking for some liquid courage in life. You know, they, they feel more powerful or, or something, you know, that, uh, they're, they're taking control of their anxiety or, you know, depression, even though it's a depressant to, to get drunk, uh, that they actually feel like they're dealing with their depression by, by doing that. And so I, th I think that that's, that's kind of a, a broad brush stroke about getting drunk is that, um, people are looking for some sort of, of power that they lack. And then more specifically, you know, the fruit of the Holy spirit that he mentions in Galatians five, that all of those things there, you know, I mean, certainly like peace. I think a lot of times people get drunk with alcohol because they're looking for some sort of peace. I'll never forget when I was in Louisiana and I was had a business of mowing lawns and Hurricane Katrina came and uh, it was not long after that. It was, I mean, pretty soon right after that, that I was mowing somebody's lawn, this lady's lawn. She had this big, huge lawn. I was out back mowing it, and she was sitting on the back deck just pounding wine. And it was like 11 a.m. And she's just sitting there watching me mow the lawn and just drinking tons of wine. And so I finally, I stopped mowing the lawn and just walked up to her, and I said, hey, are, are you okay? And she said, no. Of course I'm not okay. And she started talking about all of these rumors that were going around after Katrina. She was saying that, you know, all these hoodlums are running through the neighborhoods and, you know, breaking into houses and raping women and all this stuff. And it wasn't happening. There was just crazy rumors going around right after Katrina. And so her way of dealing with that was to get drunk. Like she was scared, she was anxious and everything. And so she thought if she got drunk, she would gain some peace in her life. And I think that that's mm. true for a lot of people, you know, that they, yeah. you know, that, you know, and for young people, I think a lot of times um, it's a way for them to get out of their shell. Like they loosen up, you know, and they become more talkative and they, they're more willing to like ask somebody out or ask somebody to dance at a club or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. that they, just in and of themselves, they just feel really nervous and stuff. And, but then when they get drunk, they'll, you know, uh, be more loose and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, those are some That's of the things that I've seen. Yeah. I think maybe an escape, you yeah. know, kind of that piece that you're talking about looking for an escape. When I was, um, in South Africa, I've, I've gone over there a few different times and served with some friends of mine that were missionaries there for a long time. And, um, it was interesting because we went into these communities and we're serving and ministering to these people there. And, um, a lot of the men 
would that, that if they weren't employed and most it was it's 40 percent unemployment there so oh, wow. in the u.s you know we're at like four percent unemployment right now or less right now or something like that 40 percent so and that's the richest nation in in africa mm. <laughs> it's just kind of crazy so you have all these people coming there hoping for work and then a lot of them oh, don't get yeah. it and so they they end up staying in these kind of shanty towns and they just sit around all day and they don't do anything and they're looking for an escape. And so mm -hmm. because they don't have money, they can't afford drugs or alcohol. And so they actually make this stuff that they call beer, um, that they, they will take something. I for, it's some kind of plant or something like that, that, that has no weird properties of its own, but I think they chew it up and they spit it into this vat and they just like, mm. everybody kind of pitches into it and it ferments over a period of time and it becomes this like white sludge stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, if you're not, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't actually see Pastor Paul's face <laughs> right now, but he just got a big old grossed out look, uh, which I imagine you probably are if you're yeah, listening too. And they, they drink it and I can only imagine what that tastes like. I mean, it's just a whole bunch of people spit and plant material and some other stuff and it, it's fermented and they drink it to get drunk because they want an escape, mm -hmm. you know? And so... Uh, it's not they're not sipping it with a with with dinner <laughs> yeah right, right they're looking they're looking for they're looking for an escape yeah. um but that leads me to another question does that mean that it's wrong to drink alcohol at all hmm. god didn't say it was <laughs> so it can't be yeah <laughs> no i right. don't think so uh it definitely i don't, I don't think it is and it's just the I think the the issue for me, you know, and I shared in the teaching that, you know, I almost destroyed my life by being a drunk, not drinking alcohol, but being a drunk. And mm -hmm. there is a difference. And so, and then over in ministry over the years, you know, I've seen so many lives damaged and destroyed by being a drunk, not just drinking alcohol, but being a drunk. And, and so it's, mm -hmm. It's just like, I, I stand in awe, to be honest with you. I, I'm in awe of people who are able to drink alcohol and not get drunk. Um, that it, it blows my mind that they're able to do that. I definitely lean personally to the side of why bother? Like, that's just for me. You know, I'm like, I, I just like, why even mess around with it since, uh, I can't even taste anymore. So I actually, I bought some <laughs> non-alcoholic beer, like, I don't know, it was like five or six months ago. I was just like, I wonder yeah. if I would enjoy that at all. And I bought this uh, non-alcoholic beer and I was just like, Ugh. it was just like, it was gross for some reason, even though I can't taste. So, so there's really no purpose for me like, anymore. Like but um, or something. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, and one of the things that, that just concerns me with the issue with Christians drinking alcohol is just like, you have to figure out, am I drunk or am I not drunk? Because that's the issue, right? You know, and I just wouldn't want that stress in my life. And so for me, I'm like, why even bother if I don't need it, mm -hmm. you know, and I can't taste it, you know, why even bother with the stress of trying to figure out, wait, is this alcohol, you know, impairing my judgment now, or is it not and stuff? So, yeah. So I just yeah. like, those are good qu questions. You, know, you have to, you have to kind of think through those things. Yeah. You and I were talking about this a little bit last week before your message and you had some good things to, to say mm. that I want to cover here in just a second. But I think, yeah, it's, it's, um, uh, obviously when you look to the scriptures, we can't say that it's 
wrong to drink alcohol across the board, but I think that there are certain people that it definitely is right. wrong right. to drink alcohol. Be like for you, for example, you would say that for yourself, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. And I know other people who would say that because of their experience with it and what it's done in their life and the lives of their families. Yeah. Um, it's of course we see the example of Jesus and the disciples having wine. Um, we see, you know, the water into wine miracle. There are those types of things. So, so this isn't something that we can say, you know, sure. it's wrong to have alcohol, but I do think it's something that we should be careful with because of, yeah. uh, because of the command not to get drunk, but then also because of what it can do to our lives. And so, um, one of the things that you had mentioned last week in talking about this was a quote that I just thought was really good. Uh, and I don't know if it was actually your quote or somebody else's quote, but I'm just going to say it's a Paulism and then you can correct me if it's not. But you said, if you're a, a Christian who drinks alcohol, you need to make sure you have a strong relationship with the Lord and a weak relationship with alcohol rather than a strong relationship with alcohol and a weak relationship with the Lord. Was that you, Paul, or was that somebody else? <laughs> um, I might have heard it somewhere. I don't remember, recall. Okay. It just came I to thought, my mind. I yeah. thought that was really good, though. Yeah. I think that's a, a really important point to make there, um, that if it is something. So mm -hmm. so let's talk about, let's let's take that the, the getting drunk question off the table. Whether, you know, if you're saying I'm not getting drunk, or at least generally speaking, don't believe that I'm getting drunk, then, then this is something that I think is really important for those who would say that um, you have that freedom to drink alcohol. And that is making sure that you have a strong relationship with the Lord and a weak relationship with alcohol rather than a strong relationship with alcohol mm -hmm. and a weak relationship with the Lord. And then in looking at what that looks like, um, in that same kind of vein, was how do we know um, whether we have a strong relationship, a stronger relationship with alcohol than we do with the Lord? Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's kind of the question. You had some answers to that, Paul. That we, this is stuff we didn't get to cover in the message, but mm. I think this kind of putting you on the spot, unscripted. Um, <laughs> what were those? What, what do you think are some diagnostic tools to yeah, determine? Well, that? the way God has spoken to me in my life, and I, I think this could apply to other people as well, is what is it that I'm turning to? You know, that like mm -hmm. if I've had a hard day, you know, and I'm like, oh man, I've had a hard day. Am I wanting to stop and pick up a 12 pack and drink it, you know, when I get home? Or am I wanting to spend some time with the Lord? You know, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And and I, I know I've talked about it probably before, but God spoke to me about that with ice cream. <laughs> that yeah, there was a right. point in my life <laughs> totally. where ice cream was my happy place. And, mm -hmm. uh, if I was having a bad day, I was like, what kind of ice cream am I going to get on the way home? You know, and God spoke to me about yeah. it and he's like, man, you really like yeah. that ice cream. I'm like, yeah, that's good stuff. And he's like, <laughs> I wish you liked me that much. And I was just like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, totally. and, and there really is, I think a growth that needs to take place in our life as Christians to learn how to discover how God can give us those things that we often look for in other stuff. And so that's what, mm -hmm. that's one of the things that came to my mind when you talk about a strong relationship with alcohol or a strong relationship with the Lord. It's like, what, what are you turning to, um, to find that these things in life, you know, to find uh, a place of joy or a place of peace, you know, if it's, if it's going to the alcohol yeah. or if it's going to bacon, you know, I mean, I, I feel right. like you're still missing it because 
like yeah. like you said, you know, you could drink alcohol and not get drunk, and it's not a sin, but it still could be a sin in the sense that you're missing the mark. That really, what you want to do is learn how to go to the Lord to satisfy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've had that. Um, I've had that problem in my life in many different areas um, over the years. So I never really had a problem with alcohol in terms of getting drunk just because to be honest i i don't like the feeling, feeling of being yeah. out of control like that <laughs> i really even when i didn't care about the lord and i didn't care about following the lord mm-hmm. when i got drunk i was just like i don't want to do that again i don't like the way that feels and so alcohol for me was never that um and you know the kind of the same thing goes with other drugs yeah uh it wasn't like i i would participate but it wasn't I didn't want to get blasted or hammered or wasted because I didn't (laughs) like that feeling, you know, yet at the same time, I am an addictive person in a different way and that I will feel like I need something to be okay. And so that it might not be that I need to get drunk, but I would feel like I needed to work out. If I didn't work out that day, I was not okay. Or I would feel like there was a period in my life when I was, uh, in college, when I was, um, dealing with just like mental health issues like crazy. And I was walking with the Lord, but just struggling. And, um, I was bulimic. And if you don't know about bulimia, basically that's when you go and you stuff yourself. Um, and then you go vomit it all up. And part of, part of that, it was self image issues. And part of it was literally, I was stuffing myself to kind of stuff my Uh, need and emotion and whatever it was, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then I'd go puke it all up, you know? Uh, kind of this, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, you, you could put it in ice cream, you could put it in mm-hmm. needing like, Oh, I really need a glass of wine when I get home, whatever it is. That's the word right there. That's the need. That's what yeah. I feel like in, and that's kind of like, I, I think that that's what the apostle Paul was getting at is he's like, Hey, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy spirit. And that's what, what, what I found is like, when I'm satisfied in the Lord, it frees me up to enjoy things in life. I can enjoy working out. Yeah. I can enjoy some ice cream. You know, I can enjoy, right? Or not me, but some people can enjoy, a, you know, a glass of wine or whatever that, but they don't need it. That's, I think that's yeah. the crucial word that we have to really, and we can only right. answer that for ourselves really, you know, that, but we all need to ask that, you know, I think. Yeah. It's a really good question. And that, that for me, that's been my struggle uh, in different areas throughout the years just has been, and it shifts, it goes from one thing to another. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be careful because it's like, okay, well now it's chocolate, right. <laughs> you know, or ice right. cream or whatever it is. And it might be something that's just subtle and not, yeah. not even something that you notice. And I think for a lot of people, the reason that I think we focus on alcohol in this verse specifically is because it mentions alcohol, <laughs> right. you know, but it, so we have to really address that. But I think it, it, um, it covers lots of different areas for a lot of people and it's, it's a good place to just stop and check. And maybe for you, you're listening and it is alcohol and you would say, well, I don't get drunk, but maybe you do feel like you need to have a glass or two of wine every day when you get home from work. Mm. And maybe that's something that you need to bring before the Lord and say, you know what, do I really need this? Mm. Or is this something that is not really adding to my life? Can I yeah. lay that down and and put the Lord first in that? Maybe it's not wine. Maybe it's, you know, smoking or tobacco, or maybe it's cheese. <laughs> you know? I don't know. We, we have all these different things that the things in and of themselves are, are okay. Yeah. Right? Like actually the Bible speaks in positive terms about wine in different places, yeah. speaks in positive terms about cheese in different places. Jesus um, talks about drinking the fruit of the vine 
in his in the, in his yeah. kingdom. You know, so it's like, yeah, I right. you know one of the so things. So I think it's just the it's just important that we identify those things, and if we need something more than we need the mm. Lord, then that thing is an idol. And the the positive side of that that I think of often is like, man, what if what if this world goes sideways and we no longer have wine and we no longer have beer and we no longer have ice cream, you know, and, and all of that, like, I should still be able to have joy, peace, patience, you know, all of those things that, and that's why I think that, man, when we're, when we're just satisfied with the filling of the spirit and the Lord in our life and our relationship with him, it gives us so much power. Like Mm -hmm. there's, these other things can't control me. Like Paul talked about, um, was it in Corinthians where he said, you know, like, Hey, you know, all these things are okay, but I don't want to be brought under the power of any of these things. I only want, yeah, you know, to, and, and so that's, I think that's the the question. That's the, the thing that we need to kind of discover for ourselves is, you know, where are we yeah. getting our power from and what is it that we really need in our lives? I agree. Okay. So that, so he gives us this instruction, don't be drunk with wine. Don't fill your life up with alcohol or by extension, what we've discussed, anything else that would take that place of the Lord, the thing that you feel you need, um, but rather be filled with the spirit. And so um, we'll talk a little bit about what that means to be filled with the spirit. But just a question for you, Paul, when did you first, in in your first awareness of it, um, have that knowledge of having been filled with the spirit yeah i shared a little bit about it in the teaching but the um i was listening to a bible study in my car on my way to work and the pastor was was teaching about being baptized with the holy spirit and um i was like that's what i'm missing i was going through a really hard time uh really dealing with some bad depression that i couldn't shake and um i'm like man that's what i need and and so I pulled off the side of the road, and I had uh, been a part of different churches, some that never talked about the Holy Spirit, and some that, like, went wild and mm-hmm. blamed it on the Holy Spirit, <laughs> I'll say. And, uh, <laughs> and so I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, this was really the first time I was making a conscious, I, I had my heart, it was in a place of, like, I was desperate. Like I needed this. And, and so I pulled off the side of the road and asked God to fill me with his spirit. Nothing happened. (laughs) I I just like felt nothing, nothing dramatic took Mm -hmm. place. And I was super disappointed and got back on the road, went to work. And, um, but I can look back at that day and see that's when things started to change. It wasn't long after that when I quit drinking alcohol. Um, I don't think I had the power. I had tried and failed numerous times before that, but it wasn't long after that that God spoke to me and he's like, hey, you don't drink. And I was like, yeah, I do. I drink a lot. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, you don't drink anymore. It's gone. And he was right. Mm -hmm. It was gone. And he, like, it, it wasn't any work on mine part or anything and and so i've just seen since that point like i shared in the teaching it was it was a process it took it's still at work you know that uh yeah but i was i think that's important for people to hear when because i think we're called to walk in the spirit and 
Uh, Paul talks about how we're, we're changed little by little and, and people shouldn't expect necessarily something amazing and dramatic change in their life. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's going to something that's going to take place over time. That was my yeah. experience. Did you, what about you, Nate? Let's ask you a question. <laughs> I'm, I'm just time? enjoying grilling you with all these questions. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I, so I think it's been a, a, a growing awareness over time in my life. Um, and I think here's the thing. I, I think that in the different theologies of the Holy Spirit that are out there, there are those who would say that there really isn't such a thing as what we're talking about in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's just the indwelling spirit. There are those who would say that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an experiential thing that's one time and then you've got it. Um, and then there are those that are probably more aligned with us that would say, when you place your faith in Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit as your seal, the deposit of the finished work of Christ. He's the guarantee of our salvation. Um, but that there is a different relationship we can have with him than just that sealing, Mm -hmm. that being sealed with the spirit. There, there's opportunity to be full of the spirit, Mm. um, and I've seen that at different moments in my life. Uh, it doesn't, it does, it's not really like an emotional thing. I mean, I guess it, it, you could have an emotional kind of high moment that might, that you might experience, but that's not really the, the standard in my experience. Um, there's been times when I've really felt full and, and led and the spirit moving in a powerful way in my life. Um, and then there's been other times when I haven't, and I've still seen the fruit of the spirit at work. Mm. Um, so I don't know that I have a one-time thing. The one, yeah. <laughs> the one kind of experiential thing that I could point to, and this is after I believe that I really started receiving the baptism of the spirit, uh, years after actually, I, I had just to be on, it's kind of a silly thing to be honest, but I had for a long time just wanted the, to, I wanted to be, to have the gift of speaking in tongues. I just, I did for a long time and I kind of prayed for it for a long time. And I'd go to these, um, afterglow things at these Calvary Chapel conferences, you know, that every once in a while they do one of these that where it's like, they call it an afterglow. And basically you just stick around after the service is over and they have like a time of worship and prayer. And if anybody wants to operate in the gifts of the spirit, you have that freedom to do so. And I'd be sitting there just like praying, you know, Lord, would you give me the gift of tongues or something? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And uh, nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. And I do remember, though, this one time I went to um, the Southwest Pastors and Leaders Conference at Tucson. And uh, this time they had Phil Wickham leading the afterglow. And it's because Phil Wickham was doing it that this happened. Yeah. (laughs) power in the name of Phil. Yeah, (laughs) just kidding. But I was sitting there and I was just like, Lord, if you want to give me this gift of speaking in tongues, would you just do it? And, and if not, it's okay, I'll move on. But it was kind of like a one, one last little, like if it's, yeah. And I just started speaking in tongues. And, but here's the thing. The funny thing was it was not emotional. It was not weird. It was not out of control. It was just like, okay, I can speak in tongues now, I guess, wow. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was interesting. And, um, so that, I mean, like, that's probably the one experiential moment that I've had, but I know that I received the baptism of the Holy spirit before that moment. So I know mm-hmm. some of those people whose theology is, 
you don't actually have it unless oh, you right. speak in tongues. You know, that uh, that was yeah. not my experience because I knew from evidence mm -hmm. in my life that I had received that feeling before then. Um, so yeah, anyways, that was a long answer, but yeah, no, I think that's a good point though, because it is like we talked about in the teaching a little bit too, that it's be being filled. It's, it's an ongoing thing. Mm -hmm. It's not a one-time thing. Uh, that's the time that I can remember. But even as you're talking, you know, I can remember times before that, that yeah. I, like I received a vision one time, I'm like, could that happen without the Holy spirit coming upon me? You know, I don't, I don't think it could, you know? And so yeah. I, that's why it's, it's, I think it's wrong for us to uh, formalize these things in a way that it's like becomes ritual. Like this is, and I, yeah. and I talked about that in the teaching, I think towards the end is like, you know, we see in scripture, sometimes there was hands laid on people and they were prayed for. And that's when the Holy spirit came upon them. Sometimes it was in the middle of the teaching, you know, when Peter went yeah. to Cornelius's house, he's, he's not even done with his teaching yet. And the Holy spirit's yep. like, he I didn't even give him an to, altar call. Yeah. I can't wait for you to finish, you know? And the Holy spirit fell in the middle. They didn't of the even teaching. say the sinner's prayer. And, and then in the upper room at Pentecost, they weren't asking God to fill them with the Holy spirit. I don't think maybe they were, but it doesn't say that they were just together worshiping, praying together. And, and the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. fell. And, um, and I think that the common denominator between all those things is that people had hearts that were desperate for the Lord. And that's what I can yeah. look at and see, you know, in my past, even before I, I officially asked for God to fill me with his spirit, I think I had a heart that was desperate for him and his power in my yeah. life. Absolutely. Yeah, I think one of the things that you notice when you read through the book of Acts and the the times that the Holy Spirit is given in this way to people, um, there there are different methods throughout, like you said, that you pointed out. But I think that when we see those different moments, the 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 question is, that's there and the question that comes up frequently from the the apostles in these instances is, "Have you received the Holy Spirit?" and have you received that gift you know like when yeah. when philip went to samaria and he preached the gospel they had all believed but they hadn't received the holy spirit and it yeah. actually like for some reason that it wasn't clicking through philip's instruction for them they had believed in jesus mm -hmm. so peter and john came down or was it james and john i think it was peter and john and they and came down and they they laid hands on them in that moment and they received the holy spirit at that moment mm -hmm. because of that another one was um when these guys who had heard the baptism of John, you know, they heard, they were, um, I think they had maybe even been instructed by Apollos or something. I'm forgetting the exact thing, but uh, Paul said, hey, did you guys receive the Holy Spirit? And they're like, well, we haven't even heard if there was a Holy yeah. Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> and in that moment, that really the question is like, how it's not how did it happen and how do you make it happen, but, but are you seeing that evidence in your life? Mm -hmm. And and if not, then that's something that we should desire to see happen. Yeah. And so then that kind of question comes, okay, so if you're listening to this, the question is, have you received the Holy Spirit? Yeah. And and if you don't know the answer to that, then that's okay. But I think that that question should then lead you to say, I want that though, mm -hmm. you know, which leads me to ask you, Paul, how then do we receive the Holy Spirit? And you did address this in the teaching, but yeah, well, I mean, Jesus said that his heavenly father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Um, again, I don't think it's the actual 
words that you say, you know, whether in your head or out loud in public or whatever. I don't think that that, that, that seems to go against kind of what we see with God and, and everything else that he does, that I think it's all about the heart. You know, are you asking in your heart, yeah. you know, that you see what you really want isn't to get drunk again. What you really want isn't to have another bad relationship with somebody, you know, that you think is going to make you feel fulfilled and satisfied. You know, what you really want is the Lord and you want to be filled mm -hmm. to overflowing with him. And, and I think it's that yeah. heart that God honors. Um, like I said, you know, I, it's hard for me to think that God is going to wait for somebody to get a specific doctrine before they, yeah. he'll actually fill them with his spirit. I think he sees that heart of somebody who's, who's longing for more of him and uh, less of this world. And that's, that's where I think, so the posture of the heart to me is, is the big issue. If you're ready to say mm -hmm. it's, it's, I think so much in uh, following the Lord and having a relationship with him is about surrender and just having that heart of surrender saying, you know what? I don't, I don't care about this world anymore. All I want is you Lord. And I think that's yeah. the, 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 the asking, if you will. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So this, um, this verse is, is a command. It's interesting because often we think of, I think people visualize being filled with the Holy Spirit as something that just happens to you. Mm. Um, and now without question, we do see it at moments happening in the scriptures and at moments we kind of just have those experiential things with the spirit, but this is a command that he gives us, not, not a pray that this happens. He's saying, be filled with the spirit. It's in yeah. the present. It's actually the present imperative command in the Greek, which means that it's, he's saying, be continuously being filled with the spirit. Mm. Um, and so his point is that this is something that we have the privilege and ability of doing. Um, and we can't do it by our own works, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not by us saying, I'm going to do these five things and I'll be filled with the spirit. <laughs> but um, I think it goes back to um, John 15, when Jesus says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. Um, it's the idea of that life-giving sap coming from the vine and filling the you fruit. You the Holy Spirit a sap? Yeah, the Holy Spirit is a holy sap. Yep. <laughs> no, but the you know what I mean. Um, I think the 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 illustration that Jesus gives is if you stay connected to me, to the vine, then you will bear much fruit. But if you break yourself off, you're not going to bear any fruit because there's no life coming. Yeah. And that picture, when I th thought of this verse before, the, the idea of being continuously filled with the Spirit, it's that idea of the vine staying connected to the yeah. branch. It's almost like um, there's, there's a, a, a way I forget the guy's name that there's this book that I've read that I, that I really enjoy called sidetracked in the wilderness. And he talks about this abiding relationship with Christ as if like, we have almost like a door on top of our heart. And when it's open, we're getting that free flowing movement of the, the Holy spirit into our life. And he works through us and flow, flows through us. But, and, and it's always available to every believer, but often we can just close that little trap door through mm -hmm. our own, you know, desires of wanting something else more than God. So it could be mm -hmm. turning to alcohol or ice cream or <laughs> whatever it is. Right. But we're just saying, I don't, I, I don't really want you, Lord. I want this other thing. And we shut that door 
and we stop receiving that filling of the spirit and we find ourselves struggling we find ourselves stumbling and then we hit rock bottom and we wonder what's going on and and in that moment it's just hey we we cut ourselves off from the flow we cut the flow off you know mm. just opening that little trap door again and letting the flow start again and it's as simple as that um hmm. that's how i've kind of visualized it a little bit is just see allowing ourselves to to be open to the flow of the work of god in our lives and not cutting it off letting him continue just to move. So it was good. Great teaching. Oh, oh, go ahead. I was going to ask you that. Do you think that, is it a door that kind of like, I can't explain it, uh, give the visual, but like it's a door that it is either this is open or that is open. Either the flow with the Lord is open or the flow with the world is open. And like it slides back and yeah. forth but you can't like have both of them open. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Yeah. It's a good way to think about it. Yeah. I think that that's what a lot of times in Christianity, especially in America, that, that it's like they, our desire is to have both doors open, like have everything of the world yeah. and have everything of the Lord at the same time. And I feel like in, in JD, our worship pastor at the end yesterday in his uh, prayer, he said something about, he said, I don't think you can, get everything you want in the Lord until you, there's probably something you need to let go of. And I was like, Oh, mm -hmm. I am mic drop. <laughs> you know, that, that, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. that was like really yeah. solid that, that a lot of times that's maybe what's holding us back from, you know, receiving this power from heaven that we sense we need because yeah. we're not willing to let go of the things of the world. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, uh, did you have tables to turn? I don't know. I think I ran out of time. I'll turn to the tables okay. next week. <laughs> okay, go for it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hit it hard next week. Turn the tables on me there. Cool. Well, th thanks for listening, and um, we'll be back with another episode after next week. Thanks for joining us for today's conversation. If you'd like more material from Pastor Nate, you can go to PastorNate.com. That's the word pastor, the letter N, and the number 8.com. And for more information about our church, you can connect with us through our website at mountainlife.church. Hope you can join us again next week as we continue the conversation.